Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast i'm joe marino of ndt scouting and fan rag sports joined by kyle krabs who's the founder and director of scouting with ndt scouting also with fan rag sports we are your hosts here on a monday edition of the draft dudes podcast kyle and i are fresh off of uh, some scouting trips that we want to get into here on the show and talk about the weekend that was in college football but before we do kyle Welcome to this Monday edition of the Draft Dudes. Man, Mondays are always sweeter when you're coming off a, a three and one pick against the spread showing oh, nice. in uh, in the college football sphere. So, I mean, I'm not bragging, but my season to date record is up to fifteen and nine. So, folks are listening. I'm I'm making you money for the price of on the house. And you had a, a limited pool this week, right? Because yeah, yeah. So so um. I did UConn Memphis on Friday and drove home after the game, uh, which for those unaware is about a four and a half hour drive, uh, leaving at 1045 in the morning, or I'm sorry, 1045 in the afternoon. That is a difficult drive. So I get home, uh, stop several times for my favorite monster energy drinks and, um, Went to bed, and I ended up waking up. I rolled out of bed at 11.45 in the morning, yep. about 15 minutes yep. before kicks. First thing I did was call you, Joe. So uh, Thank um, you for that, yes. So the, kind of the panic settles in of, oh, Lord, <laughs> I haven't made my picks against the spread, so I really don't know what I'm going to do. And I had to cut the pool in half. I missed all the noon kicks, and there were probably two noon kicks that I would have taken. Well, and you got it done. Nice yep, week, Three man. and one, nonetheless. Speaking of numbers, Kyle, I want to get our number of the day out of the way quick here. We don't need to spend too much time. Uh, We are 199 days away from the 2018 NFL draft. And with the 199th pick, however many years ago, 
the New England Patriots selected Tom Brady, quarterback Michigan. And that's all we need to say about yeah, that, Kyle. Moving on. Um, I got to bring something up to you. And uh, I had, you know, I've been driving around quite a bit here, uh, going up and down Interstate 85 to all these universities. And I've been listening to more podcasts. And one of the podcasts I listened to was Trust the Tape with Jeff Cavanaugh and Dane Brugler. Good podcast if Good anyone's guys. looking for yeah. something to supplement what, what you're listening to here. Uh, and they got into this segment, and I, I almost died. I almost died on my drive. I said, I got to get into this on Monday's uh, edition with, with Kyle. And so, um, you know, they were going through some food takes, which is great supplement to any football content. And they're talking about hot dogs and stuff, moving on. And D- Dane goes, you know, hey, look, let's get into something important here like cereal. Right, and so they were talking about their favorite cereal, and so they both agreed cinnamon toast crunch is is the best cereal, and that's it, fine. It's that, a top ten overall grade for it, for breakfast. It cereals. is. It's a high. It's it's a yes. It's definitely high grade for for breakfast cereals. And then Dane drops a bomb. I'm telling you, man, I almost lost it in the car. He says what he likes to do is eat a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. And they both agreed, before I tell you the, the big moment here, they both agreed that one of the great things about Cinnamon Toast Crunch is cinnamon milk afterwards, right? Correct, yes. And terrific, right? No, Dane, Dane, what Dane Brugler likes to do, and we might have to have him on the podcast to talk about this very issue. He likes to have a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and then go back to the pantry and get another cereal and put it in the cinnamon milk oh, and eat it. Oh, that's a power move. Oh, that's savage, man. That that is that is a double dip, and that's that's <laughs> legendary. I'm that's just now two serious, Kyle. I'm gonna turn around and pivot on you now, okay? because you dumped this in my lap, and my world's blown. And my first reaction is, what cereal would be your number one choice to put into that milk? Well, Dane goes with Frosted Flakes. He likes to follow up a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch with Frosted Flakes. I was just struggling, right, the whole time. I'm like, man, that is savage. I never even thought about eating another cereal. It's like once you have your cereal picked out, that's it. You maybe put more of it in the bowl, but you certainly don't go back into the pantry and grab another cereal. For me, I was thinking that like like a Frosted Cheerios would be good. How about um, Cocoa Puffs? Cinnamon and, and cocoa, huh? I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm I'm going through my head. Um, yeah, I mean, jeez, I don't even know. I don't know where to start. It's it's a new world of possibilities that you've never I, considered, but it's terrific, right? I've been on the face of this earth 28 years, and not once had that thought ever crossed my mind. So. Wow. That's why Dane's, Dane's one of the best of the best. It's, there's, there's your example why right there. Straight savage with Eye that. Eye for man. talent. That's terrific. Thank you. Thank yes. you, Jill. Yeah, well, I had to get that had to get that going here on this Monday edition. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's been on my mind a lot throughout the last couple of days waiting for this moment to talk about it with you. And I'm glad we did. Kyle, let's talk some football. We want to talk studs and duds from the weekend that was in college football. We have uh, a plenty of games we and you were at a combined three games over the weekend so we have a lot of uh, live scouting takes as well as uh you had a chance to, to kind of soak in the whole day on saturday so yeah it was a lot weird. to get in here in terms of studs and duds yeah so um the, I, the the game i was most happy i had a chance to catch on saturday was florida state miami uh, what a football game joe did you did you catch the end you saw how it ended no 
No, man, I was, I was. So in, you don't, you don't, you just know the final score, and that's it. I just know the final score. Oh my goodness! All right, so uh, Florida State goes down the field, scores a touchdown with about a minute left in the game to go up by three, and then Miami gets the ball. Uh, Mark Walton is out of the game at this point. I think that the team has probably had 180 yards of offense. They had less than 60 yards of total offense in the first half. So it was like those old-school Alabama LSU slugfest from about six years ago. right? Like Halftime was 3 nothing Florida State. Just absolute slobber knocker. And uh, Miami... Uh, they hit Florida State with two or three draw plays with a minute left in the game and popped they, they popped like 30 yards of 30 yards from scrimmage on a handful of draws that just constantly Florida State went with like a three man front and they just gashed them on the run game. They get down, uh, they get a big pass play. This, mind you, this is all with a minute left. Uh, get in position to kick a field goal. They get a big chunk play. Uh, there's 11 seconds left. Miami's got a timeout. Uh, they have first down on like the 20, and they take a shot at Tavares McFadden up the right sideline on a 50-50 ball that the receiver works back to, catches the ball. It was like Crabtree at Texas Tech. Spins off the reception point, dives for the goal line, Knee comes down. They have to review whether or not his knee was down before he gets in. There's three seconds left on the clock. Play uh, it is upheld as called on the field touchdown. Uh, they they go ahead and win 24-20. Without Mark Walton, so they ran. They hit these these uh, yeah. these draw plays without Walton. That's yeah. impressive. So terrific football game. But the standout in the game was Miami's slot receiver slash return. Man, Braxton Berrios, as far as draft eligible offensive players in this game, Berrios, uh, he knows how to run freaking routes, man. He's he's really quick at the top of his routes. Uh, undersized guy, I think he's probably like five nine, um, but he's tough, and he'll put his face face mask down and try and run through you if if he has to, uh, but. His ability to adjust to the ball, he had a back shoulder touchdown catch in the second half that really stood out as far as body control and, and locating the football, and his hands are really, really good. He had seven catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Joe, and I know you saw Miami earlier this year, and you had made mention of Barrios uh, getting behind Duke's secondary. It's something we, mm-hmm. we talked about in the pre-show, and I'm seeing a guy that, knows how to win running routes. And I don't think this is somebody that we've talked about more than you know, maybe once in passing talking about Miami when we did the ACC preview show in the summer. Um, but I've seen multiple Duke or Miami games this year, and I remember seeing Barrios going back to last year as well, saw a lot of Miami scouting Brad Kaya. Uh, he's a good football player, so... Uh, he made a lot of plays in the second half of this game, and for that reason, he's one of my studs. What you said there kind of sounded Jamison Crowder-ish. Is that uh, off? I mean, I, I... That's especially because Crowder's testing was not good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he ran like four six four. Mm-hmm. Um I can see that. I think he's a little more physical than Crowder. Um, 
but by and large, how he wins and and where he's successful, uh, there's some some pretty fair parallels there between the two. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included, so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits. So you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Hey, folks. Dirk Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Kyle, my first stud's going to be South Carolina tight end Hayden Hurst. And uh, one of your favorites I know from the summer, and he's been talked up on on all of the scouting notes so far that our staff has done uh, throughout the course of the season so far. We've been covering a lot of South Carolina games. And uh, so I got a chance to, to you know get down to Columbia and, and take in this game. And you know, they this is an offense without – their main guy, Debo Samuel, the wide receiver. And so they're trying to find other ways to move the football. And, and Samuel, or excuse me, and, and Hayden Hurst was was a guy that they prioritized getting the football in a variety of ways. Uh, one of the, I think the second play of the game, they handed, maybe it was the first play, first or second play of the game, they handed it off to him. He got a 13 yard yard run up the middle. He showed some effective use of his offhand and, uh, and, and showed some pretty nice burst uh, carrying the football. And then uh, later on in the game, he, he ran a beautiful seam route where he just easily exploded past the linebacker, and it was a good throw from Jake Bentley. And you saw him, him, you know, sprint to the end zone, seventy something yard play, uh, it was just a sixty-two yard play, where he was able to just spring and get to to the end zone. Uh, he made a really nice adjustment working back to the football. He had to dig it out, you know, he had to get his arms underneath the football, scoop out a low throw from Jake Bentley uh, later in the game, and. Uh, just really, you can see his his competitive nature and, and his athleticism and his ball skills. Uh, really nice football player. And then, you know, he's not going to be a, a an OJ Howard type blocker. That's not who he is. But he's a positional blocker who who's willing. And and he they do some stuff with him where he's put into motion and uh, is able to get some angles and stuff and seal at the second level. And he's effective. Now he's not dominant, but he's effective. And it's a quality football player. He's only the third. Uh, South Carolina tight end ever to go over a thousand yards for his career. He's four receptions away from becoming their all-time leading receiver in terms of catches for a tight end. And uh, this is a quality football player. You know, he's a, a guy that started his career as a minor league baseball player, so he's a little bit older. But um, I think he's got a role in the NFL for sure. Yeah, he's a nice football player, and, and I think the thing that surprised me most there is. As you said, this was a guy that played minor league baseball for like a year and a half. So uh, still learning some of the finer points, but but he gets it. Joe, we want to talk about studs. How about Memphis wide receiver Anthony Miller? I know you, <laughs> I know you caught this game on Friday night. Yeah, I did. Oh, yep. my goodness. Uh, Miller, I've seen Memphis play two football games this year. Uh, I saw them play UCLA, and I saw them play Connecticut, and 
Miller is just out of his mind when I watch them play football. Uh, Memphis in general, they scored 118 points in those two games. So uh, that's a lot of points, and a lot of that has come on the back of Anthony Miller. Uh, I think he he's probably playing as the best senior wide receiver in the country right now. Um, he has uh, really good route running skills. He's very sudden at the top. He's got hands. Joe, that one-handed catch yeah, yeah. on the crosser on third down, um, He that's the kind of measure. You know he's going to measure like nine and a half inches on his hands when you get into hand measurements. Like, I think that my favorite example of this is he's a similar stature receiver to like what Tyler Lockett was. And I saw somebody had asked on Twitter, like, is he like comparable to Tyler Lockett? But you watch Lockett catch the football at Kansas state and the ball got into his body a lot. The ball does not get into Anthony Miller's body. And that's how I know uh, this is a guy with big hands, really strong hands. Um, and he's just got an absolute nose for big plays as well. Uh, he finished this game with 15 receptions for over 220 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> uh, in the two games I've seen Memphis play live this year, he has 24 catches for 409 yards and six touchdowns. That's crazy. It's, you know, and, and I I understand that those aren't the only games that he plays. But when you see a guy live in two games – one of which was against UCLA, which has, you know, a down year as far as their defensive talent. But they're a pipeline if you look at the defensive talent that's come through UCLA over the past couple of years. Uh, they recruit well. They have talented players. And those are the numbers that he puts together. Uh, he's going to be on, and Joe, we, we kind of tease this on social media. Uh, we're doing a midseason all-draft eligible team for uh, the 2017 college football season. Miller's going to be on my ballot because he is just out of this world right now. Yeah, he's playing some good ball, man. That, that, uh, that catch dude, <laughs> that, and, you know, the underrated part of that catch is he extends with his right arm and then he switches and puts it in his left arm. Cause he's on the, on the left sideline, man, to, to protect it. it was, it was beautiful. Um, next stud for me, sky Moore, linebacker for South Carolina. Uh, Kyle, he's got 13 career interceptions and he plays linebacker. I mean, that is just unbelievable. And so, you know, just knowing that he has a knack for interceptions, that was something that I wanted to pay attention to in this game, especially being able to, to see, you know, the whole field from the press box. And I focused in on, on Sky Moore a ton in passing situations. And two things I think lead him to being very successful in coverage first as I, he just has a terrific knack for reading the backfield and working into throwing lanes. And, um, he's very natural in his movement skills. He glides, he's very springy, you know, so he can change directions quickly and drive off his, his plant foot and, and close down distances. And, and, uh, I think that's what makes him really good at intercepting passes. And, and, you know, he, he attacks it with a lot of confidence and, he flows and he doesn't give up on plays and and those types of things lead to him being into position to make interceptions and so this was his first ever career pick six on his thirteenth interception but um, 
you know, there's a lot to like about this guy's movement skills and the way that he competes in coverage. I like him a lot as a slashing type defender, a guy that can uh, close from the backside on uh, on zone plays and and fill windows. But if you know, he's not a guy that he's not going to be able to handle runs right at him. You know, stacking and and uh, having to deal with plugging gaps and and really taking on blockers head on. But if you can get him moving laterally and chasing down plays. You know, I think he's a really good football player, and you combine that with nice coverage skills, and you think at a minimum this is a quality sub-package player. But you could tell he's a, he's a leader, and he's a guy that have, plays with a lot of emotion. And, um, you know, I think he's got a role at the next level. He's, he's coming off of that disappointing injury last year, but he's moving well. He's springy, and, and he, he just – finds a way to get into these throwing lanes routinely. And uh, you could tell Will, Will Muschamp, head coach of uh, South Carolina, is having a lot of fun with him on defense and his range and, and the amount of ground that he can cover allows them to be more aggressive on defense. And uh, and, and Moore's really taking advantage. He had a sack in the game as well. So um, in the right role, man, I, I like what Moore has to offer. And obviously coming up with a sack and an interception, double-digit tackles and, uh, you know, being part of a – South Carolina defensive effort with three defensive scores was, was fun to watch. And, and Sky Moore, you know, kind of recapturing where he was back in 2015, actually. Uh, some of the thoughts about him after the season and then obviously last year the injury. But he's 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 recapturing that hype. And, and uh, you know, I think as a weak side linebacker in a 4-3, he has a role at the next level. What a uh, brilliant segue talking about double-digit tackle numbers. Uh, was at this Memphis-UConn game. Uh, Junior Joseph, middle linebacker for UConn, had 12 total tackles in spite of pretty much missing the entire fourth quarter once the game got away from him. Uh, He's now logged double-digit tackles in each of his last three games. East Carolina had 14, SMU had 11, and Memphis he had 12. Uh, And in this Memphis game, uh, the range was what stood out to me. Uh, Junior you may remember as the guy that nearly decapitated Greg Ward last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like a Thursday night game, and they Houston played uh, UConn, and uh, Junior had a delayed green dog-style blitz up the A-gap and just took Greg's head off. And uh, I talked to Junior over the summer, and he told me he dropped about 12 pounds to try and move a little better. He's listed in the low 230s now. And it worked. You know, this isn't necessarily uh, somebody who I I want playing out in coverage. Now, I thought he did an admirable job of playing turn and run against the tight ends for Memphis. But you can tell when he has to hinge and get width or get depth and get into zone landmarks, he's still a little tight in the hips. It's not his strength. But if you're asking him to flow between the numbers – Junior's got great speed. He he was consistently beating offensive linemen to the spot and squaring up in the hole. Um, obviously, 12 tackles. He, he finished a lot of plays. Uh, I thought it was a really strong performance for him. Uh, he didn't have any registered tackles for loss in the game log, but he did have two that were wiped away by penalties defensively. Uh, so I really liked what I saw from Junior, who's somebody – I know well, uh, I know I've mentioned this in passing before uh, through social media, and, and I believe I mentioned it here on the show too, but I coached Junior uh, his senior year of high school. And, and Junior, I know, is a great kid. And going up there and seeing him play and perform to that ability and how uh, knowing from talking to him how hard he worked 
to really change his body composition and and kind of remodel himself a little bit to try to play with a more attractive resume for the next level and and seeing that come to fruition for him uh was great you know Memphis likes to spread the field they challenged UConn by spacing the field and, and he rose to the occasion he was great in pursuit he was fast to read he, you know he was reading his keys I thought he played an excellent game this weekend yeah I I, uh, I agree even despite you know giving up so many points right I mean he he still found a way to stand out in that game Kyle I'm gonna drop a I guess a small bomb here um you talked about the the mid-season all-American draft eligible team that we're putting together on NDT scouting. I'm nervous. What quarterback, what quarterback draft eligible quarterback, not necessarily, I'm not talking about traits. Which one is playing better than Ryan Finley right now? The quarterback from North Carolina state. Not not very many. It's, you know, look, I think a case can be made. So don't be surprised when you open your emails and you see my ballot and you see Ryan Finley as my quarterback because he's playing some great football on the season. He's completing 71% of his passes. He's got 10 interception or 10 touchdowns against no interceptions, over 300 yards per game. He's playing well. And that was, again, the case on Thursday night against Louisville. Um, 367 yards and a touchdown. And he's doing such a nice job of understanding coverage, knowing where throwing windows are going to be and making accurate throws. Now, does he have the big arm that that's going to drive the football to every part of the field? No, he doesn't have that, but he has enough arm and he knows where to go with the football and make good decisions. He's hitting throws down the field. He's still willing to test man coverage and hit leverage throws uh, vertically. And uh, the way that he's got this North Carolina state offense clicking right now is, is huge. And, you know, they're, they're coming off some big wins. I know that Florida State's down, but to go there and win and then to come back and have a big win against Louisville, you know, this is a team that's right in the thick of things in the ACC, and, and it's due in large to what Ryan Finley's doing at quarterback. And he reminds me a lot of Nathan Peterman, a guy that I liked a ton last year coming out. He was my third quarterback. And uh, I think if you value a, a guy that can keep things on schedule, make throws, um, you know, not necessarily, you know, a lot of times we watch these quarterbacks that need to see everything wide open all the time uh, before they, they pull the trigger. You know, he'll make those anticipation type throws. You know, he does NFL things, and, and I think he's playing quality football. He's a stud from, from me from this past week and and a guy that's uh, I'm warming up to more and more is a guy that uh, is going to be that Nathan Peterman type guy for me in this class, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, it's a good shout. You know, he, he's played tremendous football so far. Uh, really rising to the occasion. He, he's, I, I'm really impressed with his sense of timing mm-hmm. and, and being in sync with the routes that his receivers are running. Uh, my next stud, I got two more studs here. Uh, Nick Chubb, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Joe, get these carry numbers for Chubb through six games. 15, 13, 16, 15, 16, 16. Love it. He's, you know, they're, they're spreading love with him and Sony Michelle. Uh, Chubb got tied his season high in carries with 16, uh, set a season high in yards with 138 against Vanderbilt, two touchdowns. His stat line for the year is 91 carries, 618 yards, uh, an average of 6.8 yards per carry, and eight rushing touchdowns. He's back. I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. Chubb looks so much better 
than what he did last year as far as the strength and balance and the confidence in his cuts and parlaying contact into an upfield push and sustaining his momentum in these situations. Uh, he played a great game. You know, you, you know it's a testament to George's ability to run the ball. When Chubb went 16 for 138 and two rushing touchdowns and wasn't the best, most highest producing back on the roster for Georgia. I think Michelle, Michelle went for mm-hmm. like 150 something. Uh, but just as far as I love the fact that they are staying so consistent with these carry numbers, not pounding him into the ground uh, because it's going to keep him fresher down the stretch which I think Georgia's going to need if they're going to continue this 6-0 run and really make a push. Uh, They're playing great football right now, and Chubb's playing great football. And it just comes back to where was he as a talent in 2015 before the injury? Um, He looks like he's back. He may never get like his high-end long speed back if you felt he was uh, a guy that had like a third gear. But his second gear's back, and for me, that's good enough. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Hey, Kyle, his uh, his cousin's pretty good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know, <laughs> monster. <laughs> Bradley Chubb, the defensive end cousin of uh, Georgia running back uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, of course, Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from North Carolina State. He's he's a guy that I can't help but was as one of my studs this week. Um, he's had two really great games. He's had a great season, right? He's got 13 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks through six games. But the last two weeks against Syracuse and Louisville, two teams that are spread, wide open, quick game, everything's quick hitting. Uh, for him to be able to come away in those two games with five and a half tackles for loss and three sacks, uh, really says a lot. And, you know, you saw, I think the first passing attempt of the game for Lamar Jackson on Thursday night, you know, Bradley Chubb, Chubb just with a clean, clean win around the edge where he actually had two hand swipes to turn the corner, beautiful bend. He flattened, turned the corner and, and made the sack. And, you know, this is a guy, man, he's just, he just shows up week in and week out right now. And he's, he's going to be a top half of the first round type player. And he's playing that way. He's had really two great seasons, three three great seasons in a row. And you know, from from all the boxes that you want to check in terms of size, production, doing it against major competition, I think he'll test fairly well. Man, uh, if you're a four three team, I mean, you need a defensive end. Man, get Bradley Chubb; he can play. Absolutely. Uh, my last stud is a prototype style corner. 
Uh, his name's already been said on the show, but for the wrong reasons. Tavares McFadden, Florida State, uh, got beat on the game-winning touchdown from Miami, but really wasn't bad coverage on the play. He had receiver pinned into the boundary, was tight on his hip pocket. Uh, he actually was stacked over top of the route, and the receiver uh, had an advantageous challenge on the ball because of where the ball was placed. But uh, the refs let them play in the secondary uh, this past Saturday, there was a lot of physicality, a lot of times where the, the Florida State defensive backs were greeting the football on the body of the receivers, and McFadden was no exception as far as they they tried to take some shots at him down the field in, in bump-and-run style coverage, and they did, they couldn't get off the bump. McFadden was just too long and too strong, and uh, I thought it was a great showing for him in that regard. Um Good nose for when to get his head around and look for the football. Uh, yes, he was beaten on the game-winning play, but that does not take away from 59 minutes and 40 seconds of strong performance against you know, a lot of vertical shots, a lot of aggressive routes trying to take shots at him, isolated in coverage. Uh, McFadden, I thought, had had a terrific game this past weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, this coming weekend uh, against Duke. Um, last stud for me, running back from North Carolina State, Naheem Hines, man. He's played good ball over the last two weeks against Louisville on Thursday. He had a hundred, another 100-yard 100 performance and a couple of touchdowns. He had a big kick return to set up a, a score for North Carolina State. And from an, an all-purpose type role and what he's doing between the tackles and even as a receiver, you know, you're seeing an NFL player here in Naheem Hines. He's... He's got a nice blend of of quickness. He's got twitch. He can catch the ball. Um, I think he sees the field really well. He's a super competitive runner. Um, he's got the breakaway speed, but he's a guy that you know prides himself in still having some power components where he's willing to challenge uh, with pad level and, and take on tacklers with physicality. And um, you know, I think when you talk about a complimentary type running back at the next level, Naheem Hines is, is one of those guys you target. Um, he's uh, a track guy, um, who's ultra competitive. And I got a chance to talk with, uh, North Carolina state head coach, Dave Doran about him. And he called him an elite competitor and, and kind of talked about his track background as such a positive for a football player. And, and a lot of times we say, Oh, he's a track guy. And so it doesn't lend himself to being a very physical football player. But what Doran said was, you know, when you talk up to, to Heinz, you know, all that he ever cared about was beating his personal best, his personal best, personal best. And that fuels him as a competitor. He called him an elite competitor. And, and when I talked to, to Naheem Hines about that, he said, the reason I'm such a, uh, a, a competitor is because people think I'm a track guy and he wants to run with heart and physicality and have the speed that he can rely on. But a guy that's going to bring it on every snap and, and just really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit. And uh, I think that, you know, this is going to be a, a player that, He's going to keep making plays for NC State this year, but he's kind of bursting onto the radar. He's didn't have a ton of production going into the season, but he's sure as hell having a good year and, and you know making a name for himself on the NFL radar. Now the not so fun part, yeah, of the job. You know, we got a couple duds. I'm, I'm Joe. I'm going to give you both mine. I'm going to make them fairly quick. Okay, I, like I, don't, it. I, don't, I don't want to harp on guys. All uh, right, Jamar Summers, defensive <laughs> back from UConn. Um, Obviously, when somebody on the other team goes for 15 to 24 and four touchdowns, uh, somebody didn't get the job done on the back end. Summers, 
had a lot of opportunities playing off. They were they were trying to respect the vertical element of the Memphis game, passing the football, and I didn't see a lot of spring in Summers' step and ability to drive forward. When those routes broke off in front of his face, there was no explosiveness in that challenge step to get there. And as a result, he's a half second late arriving after the catch. And he's in a poor position to try and finish some plays. Uh, Summers was also unfortunately hurt uh, closer to the end of the game. Hopefully he's all right and gets a chance to rebound. But really open my eyes seeing that in those off situations because uh, this is somebody that has had good ball production throughout the course of his career. Um, but as far as playing off the ball, I'm highly concerned with what I saw this past weekend. And the other one, uh, probably going to take some heat for this one, but I'm going to let you guys take the Luke Falk hype train, and I'll see you some other time. I'm I'm out. Uh, this is Mike, Mike Leach passing offense. It's vertical routes. You run a shallow crosser or a check down, and you take advantage of vast open spaces with a one-on-one situation and a run after catch. Uh, Falk consistently dropping the ball down low. And look, I get it. Like, the guy's open. You're going to execute that. Luke had some nice throws in this game. Uh, He had a nice throw in the back of the end zone, uh, working across his progressions, which I did not necessarily think were especially fast but that's just me. Uh, He had a nice touch throw off a turnover, uh, going for a kill shot in the second half of the game. But I don't don't see the overall arm ability. I'm highly concerned with the passing offense that he plays in. His pocket awareness is not good. He's standing in the pocket, and guys are bearing down on him, and very little in the way of forcing missed challenges from the pocket. Um, I, I just, there's, there's too many red flags here for me to get on board, let alone say, oh yes, first round town. Look, he passed Marcus Mariota for second most passing touchdowns, in Pac-12 history. I don't care, right? He threw a check down five yards behind the line of scrimmage that Jamal Morrow took 41 yards for a touchdown. Like you could save the touchdown numbers. That's just not doing it for me. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been adamant on this train, and uh, you continue to be, Kyle. I'll rip through my two negatives real quick here as well. Uh, first one, um, Lamar Jackson, really good football player. Rest of his team, not so much. And uh, you could you just feel bad for the guy, right? He's he's got to do everything for this team. On Thursday night against North Carolina State, he his arm or his legs accounted for ninety one percent of the offensive yards that uh, Louisville produced, and I did a a feature for fan sports on Lamar Jackson and how he's carrying this team. So head over there and check that out. But, uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing because you have one of these historically great all time college football players and a guy that's really done a lot to improve as a, uh, an NFL draft prospect where his, his accuracy numbers are, are much better. His rushing attempts per game are down. He's hitting the middle of the field really well. Um, and, and just you know, like the growth that he's showing, but, there's nothing else on that team that's complementing what he's doing. And, and they, they only returned four offensive starters, including Jackson. And um, the acclimation period has been rough. And 
Uh, tight end, just tight end just drops everything. And there's not a whole lot of separation for him from these, these receivers defensively they're down. And, uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing because if you felt like if he just had like a guy, right, just like a halfway decent guy to kind of connect with, um, you know, he, he'd be doing a lot bigger things. He's already doing great things. He's playing great, but, uh, he has to be that team. And, and, uh, so stock down to this Louisville supporting cast. The other player I want to mention is, is Austin Allen quarterback from Arkansas. Um, and he, he had a hard time against South Carolina's defense and they did a lot to disguise coverages and send exotic pressure packages and, Austin Allen just didn't respond to that well. Um, you could tell he was confused, held on to the football a ton, uh, just started rolling outside the pocket without the need to, and he was just uncomfortable throughout the entire game. And and that's that's going to be what he faces right at the next level. That's going to be all the time. And so he's a guy that's a little bit small. He's a guy that doesn't have necessarily a big arm. And then you kind of see the mental side of things become challenging for him. And uh, you get less and less excited about him as a prospect. So um, definitely a down game for him and really the Arkansas offense. But, um, you know, it's concerning to see him not be able to hang in there and and find anything. You know, he, he was just completely shut down for the contest. And, um, you know, this, this Arkansas team's in danger of spiraling out of control. Now they're two and three heading to Alabama, then Auburn, you know, it's going to be tough for them to get to bowl eligibility. So, uh, Arkansas a team that needs some help and, and, you know, our, uh, Austin Allen's going to have to turn things around if they're going to have a chance. So you're telling me the Razorbacks are two and five. They're two and five. Yeah, Yeah, Um, they're two and five. All right, so I have one quick takeaway. I know you've got a couple takes you want to get off from the games that you saw. Um, My takeaway is all that stuff you just said about Lamar Jackson and and his supporting cast. And he said that he was disappointed because the goal of this year was a national championship. He said that after the NC State loss. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody asked him that in in the postgame. Lamar's gone. He's, He's. He's leaving. I I would bet the house on it now. There's no way with the group that they have there, um, the way that the team functions as far as the supporting cat. Like, nobody's coming through the door next year that's going to make life any better because (laughs) you need, like, three offensive linemen and a couple of receivers. Um, And and for that reason – uh, if you had to ask me right now, uh, I would I feel more confident about Lamar Jackson being in the 2018 NFL Draft than I do Sam Darnold. Wow, there you go. That's a good take. That wouldn't surprise me, right? I mean, uh, if his goal is a national championship, it's not. I mean, Clemson's not going to get worse, right? <laughs> no. So uh, it's going to be hard for them to really compete for the division, less alone, let alone an ACC or uh, national title. Two quick takes that I wanted to fire off here, uh, sticking with this South Carolina-Arkansas game. You guys are probably sick of me talking about it, but I have a lot to say. I was there, right? Uh, Quarterback Jake Bentley, sophomore for South Carolina. He's actually three years removed from his high school graduation because he graduated high school in three years. So that's something we might have to talk about at some point. But he's eligible, right? So uh, he's worth talking about. He's an interesting player. I like the decisions he makes. Um, I like how well he sees the field and finds one-on-one matchups. I don't necessarily like his ball placement. There were a ton of times where 
I thought South Carolina did a really good job of understanding how Arkansas was going to play coverage, and they would uh, they'd roll everything towards a stack to to a three by one stack, and then he would go back to the other side of the field with a one on one matchup routinely, and he just didn't throw a catchable football. It, it, it was to the right person. It's just you know understanding where the leverage is going to be and and putting it in a favorable spot for the receiver to make a play just wasn't there. Uh, I like how he tries to work the football in the middle of the field between zones. He's a little aggressive, maybe. He, he He's a little bit like Jameis Winston in that he's never seen a middle-of-the-field window. He didn't think he can fit a ball into. But, you know, something about me for a young quarterback like that likes to see him willing to make those throws and, you know, something that you want to see him learn and evolve from. But I think he's an NFL player, but I want to see him just get a little bit more precise with where he puts the foot fits the football so that his guys can actually make a play on it. Other guy, Frank Ragnow, center for Arkansas, uh, he's a player that I like a ton. He, he gets a lot of movement. I think he's effective in space, strong anchor. There is something about his hands, man, and, and uh, I I look forward to, you know, if you get a chance to kind of take a deeper dive on him, talking about this because he, he has a, a ten, tendency to get those things wide, and he has that, that punch that's like wide and up, and I just don't like that at all and maybe that's me getting caught up in the aesthetics a little bit but uh he just gives up his chest a lot and like he's able to re-anchor and recover against college defensive linemen but man like Geno Atkins if he's going to get your chest it's over and and so I, I worry about that a little bit um and uh maybe I shouldn't be but there's something about his hands that rub me the wrong way man I'm offended that you would talk about Frank that way look I love him I love his demeanor he pancakes dudes he, he he there's Frank Rag now and then the plays like behind him because he gets so much movement driving his guys. You know what I mean? Really, it's like it's like this guy's like what well, you're watching middle school football or something where there's just one overpowering guy that just literally kills guys up and down the field and and that's Frank Rag now. But like does is that is him not being able to shoot his hands with good inside placement consistently going to be a problem for him at the next level i kind of think it is i don't know that's something we're going to have to have everybody tune into for the next episode of the draft dudes because that's going to do it for us today here on the show i want to thank you guys for tuning in listening to week six studs and duds with myself and mr joe marino uh if you're interested in following along with the podcast please hit us up uh subscribe you can do so on itunes or any of the other uh podcast outlets that you may consume us on uh, please feel free to leave us a review of how you think we are doing on the show, anything that you guys want to hear us talk about in the future. Uh, that's probably better served for social media. You can reach Joe on Twitter at the Joe Marino. You just have to tolerate all his press box pictures because he's everywhere right now. Um, and you can reach me at NDT Scouting. Uh, you can also swim by NDTScouting.com. Check out our latest and greatest content dedicated to the NFL draft year-round. It's a year-round process. Why not be a year-round outlet? I'm Kyle Krabs, signing off for Joe Marino, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.